Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I am very excited about this special edition of the podcast because I had the immense pleasure of speaking with Fear the Walking Dead star Jenna Elfman about the past two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, uh, The Door and Things Left to Do. And I am so excited about this podcast Primarily, I mean, I hit, you know, we, we talk to people on the show all the time, and, and I love all of the interviews that we do. Um, typically, though, most of the interviews that we do take place well before an episode airs, and that's by design because they're usually airing, the episodes air along with the interviews on the night of the premiere. So, it's always really fun when you can talk to somebody after an episode and really go in and, and dive deep into the, into an episode or a moment. And when it comes to my interview with Jenna, we actually set this up a couple of weeks ago intentionally to be after 6.09. And it gave her a chance to see the finished episode and watch it along with everybody else and hear what people are saying and see the comments and we were able to really go in and, and talk about the episode and, you know, dive deep and talk about all of the different things that were going through June's head and how this is going to impact, impact June, how it's going to impact the rest of the group. And I think it's a really fun, it's a fun interview. I, I had so much fun. And like I said, it's not often that we get to really sit and chat about an episode. Usually these interviews are so quick, especially if they're, you know, if it's set up in advance and, um, they have a, a full day of interviews, they don't really get to spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, the cast is usually, you know, like 10, 15 minutes with each person. So we spent a solid 30 minutes talking about the past two episodes of the show and how they tie into the past and how they tie into what's coming in the future. She even said, it's going to be crazy crazy, crazy dark in the back half of the season. And if you thought that what happened in the first two episodes was a lot, wait till you get into the next, the rest of the season. Um, I have to say, I'm really glad that season seven already is in production because it makes me feel better knowing that something's going to keep going because it's kind of scary to think that, you know, 
this, if this was the last season, oh my God, it just wouldn't be, there wouldn't be enough time, but it really makes me wonder what, what's going to come. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities and, um, I won't say too much. I just watched my screener for episode 610 and it is amazing. It's very different in tone from the episodes that we just saw. It's, it, that doesn't mean, and I, I want to specify this because a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's going to be a you know, different means. It's not as intense. It's intense. It's intense. It's, it, it's dramatic. It's emotional. It has action. It has a little bit of everything. And there's even a moment of joy, pure, unadulterated joy that you will see and you will be like, oh my God, I'm so happy right now. That's how I felt anyway. There's a couple of those moments, but there's one in particular, and we'll talk about that after the episode airs. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the rest of the season. And I think you'll be excited too when you hear what Jenna has to say about how these two episodes really set up the rest of the season. So I'm not going to say too much here because I want to get right into this interview. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, it's, it's really fun to be able to talk to the cast uh, you know, after they've watched the episodes, she actually took over the Fear of the Walking Dead Instagram account. So there's tons and tons of behind the scenes pictures if you haven't checked those out. It's really cool. It's it's really neat to see how involved she is and hear her dedication and passion for the show. So make sure you go and check that out. And I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. I had fun doing it and this is just the first of many interviews coming. Um we have a lot of them lined up, and some are through AMC, some are through our own connections, and uh, so it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot. There's so much to talk about. There is so much going on, so really hope you guys enjoy this, and without further ado, here's my interview with Jenna Elfman. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. I am so, I've been reading all the comments and everybody is so excited about last night's episode and it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, it was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, like, like I, I don't know how it is for, for you guys. Like I, I talked to Andrew and Ian last week and I was like, what's it like having your mid-season finale and your mid-season premiere airing back to back? And they're like, it's so weird. And then with AMC Plus, it makes it kind of weirder because it's, like there's two premieres yeah. but it must be like it must be so like so cool to not have to have people wait to see what happens like it was just it's such a cool moment I feel like in this instance because of John's death it was really good to actually have them back to back because I think bringing justice swiftly <laughs> to the audience <laughs> Uh, was probably needed and not, you know, to, to have it separate. Actually, I think it probably was, I liked it. I liked that it came one after the other and people didn't have to sit in that sadness, you know, um, especially up to the year everyone's had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is one of those things where, it, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you never, you never want to think that anyone's second guessing decisions, but it's like after, like this episode would have been received one way if it had aired a year ago or mm. you know when it was supposed mm. to air and then now it's just like oh geez just just stop already yeah. <laughs> like haven't we done enough yeah well the season is not slowing down uh so this is kind of just the beginning of um 
drama and intensity as we move into the back half of the season. Oh, I can't even, I can't even imagine. It, it's been so, you know, even though it's a show about the apocalypse, it's been so nice not having to lose people. Like four and five were so, they just, they felt so nice and so happy and, you know, as apocalypse stories go and, and not having to lose people regularly. And I just feel like it's just going to, it's going to be relentless in season, like the back half of the season, because everybody said it, Mikey, Andrew and Ian passed. I mean, everybody's been across the board, like just buckle up. It's coming. <laughs> it, it, it's just, you know, we start really tackling truth of what happens when things get super intense and, and you're this deep into the apocalypse and resources are challenged and you have ill-intended people with big goals, um, you know, up against, uh, you know, a group that is challenged and, it ha you know, drama happens. And that's why we're watching. It's drama. This isn't a comedy. It's a drama. So dramatic things happen in the drama. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the radio last night and the DJ said, and I need to go back and, and find this report. So I, I think I've, I've always known this to be the truth, but um, apparently there was just this report released saying that people who watch shows about the apocalypse handled everything that happened in the past year much better than other people because we're kind of wired for it. And I thought, well, I mean, I'd like to- Was that a that. specific survey that was done? <laughs> I'm just curious where they got that information. It's like a very specific survey um, of, of that. That's a very funny thing, but I, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that um, I'm just like, like I said, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by, by that idea that, that somehow it, it prepares us for, for all of these things. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before about how, you know, at the start of the pandemic, even you started seeing people leaving boxes of, of goods for people, you know, the delivery people and you know, people trying to help. And so there's a lot of parallels. I mean, I feel like there's, there's a lot more to, um, a lot more to the show than just, you know, it, you know, an apocalypse show. It's, it's really about being good people. Yeah. I think Ian and Andrew have really, um, that, that is something unique to, our show is they really lean into finding those qualities that make everybody a human being as opposed to a monster and even the monsters what's their humanity and what what are the sorry the squeaky chair what are the <laughs> things that um you know the goodness in people and i think when you're telling an apocalypse story you know, it can, it can, in any apocalypse film or whatever we see, and even in the last year, it wasn't the apocalypse, but it was certainly a challenge time. You saw the people who left the boxes for helping and you saw the people that cleared the shelves for themselves in the stores. And, and so it's always going to be that. And I think sometimes in the heavy duty apocalypse, you know, films and, and such, they'll lean into the, the negative side of what an occurrence like that does to the humanity. And what Ian and Andrew have really done, and I love about the show, is that they haven't forgotten to also lean into the beauty of humanity during times like this. And how does that manifest? And, and actually 
you know, building in inherent conflict within a person themselves, trying to maintain their humanity in a monstrous environment. Um, and I love that about our show. Oh, yeah. And that's why it really, it's really going to hurt with every, every coming episode. I feel like you know, because we have developed this, this sense of closeness with all of these characters who have taken us on this journey, um, you know, it makes every loss hurt all the more. So it's, um, it's an incredible tribute and testament to the writers who have built this story and, and given us this buy-in for these characters that are, you know, they were all introduced, uh, you know, majority of these characters introduced in season four and, and um, you know, nobody wants to say goodbye to them because they're just so phenomenal. Yep, totally agree. <laughs> now, uh, it's, it's, I'm actually really excited to, uh, to have time to flesh things out with you because it's always so much fun talking with you, Jenna. And mm -hmm. I feel like we're always rushed. We always, it's always yes. we have to go so fast. So, um, so this is, this is really, really fun. And I'm really excited that, that you were able to do this. So, so thank you. Um, one of the things that I, that really stood out and, and this was, this was something that, that became, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh my gosh, you know, this episode 609 had this, this lineup, it reminds us of the walking dead and there's so many parallels and, but one huge departure for June is, uh, and you kind of hinted about this, you know, with the way that these episodes aired back to back, but June is able to get revenge for what happened to John. And that's not something that we always get to see in The Walking Dead or in the, in the Walking Dead universe even, because it doesn't always allow for people to get that instant, instant revenge. And, and, and right now over on the main show, you have Lauren Cohan's uh, Maggie yeah. kind of coping with the fact that her husband's murderer is still alive and, and part of the community. And for a moment, it looked like they were going to let Ginny either go or not be you know, I don't want to say not be punished because keeping her locked up is a punishment, but it's not really justice. Mm. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, the idea that, you know, that your character gets that revenge. Yeah. You know, I had a, a friend who's a super fan um, text me today and he had watched the episode five times already. <laughs> and he was like, when June rides up on the horse and Morgan is giving his speech about those who are welcome in here are ones who are, you know, willing to live without the violence and let's start new and let's not have to use this axe and may this be a symbol of what we're all moving forward as we cross the threshold into this place based on that. So those that are willing to do that can come in and June's the first one off the horse. And he asked me, at that moment, did June no, she was going in to kill Dakota, uh, Virginia. And I was like, I will never answer that question because that's the fun of, is wondering, you know? Um, but I think it's a complex decision that June made to kill. It felt great, you know? And I, I think all of the viewers were just like, thank you. <laughs> because, because John's death, it's, it was so sad, you know, to have such a lovely character, you know, um, such a benevolence be killed so senselessly. And, and he died alone. And to have someone like that, you know, it's sort of that 
eye for an eye in the way it wasn't, you know, he was a special light. It was like killing an angel. It, it felt like it felt like an extra high crime, you know, right, right. Um, that Dakota killed John, that we lost John. It wasn't just any death of humanity, which is all valid and important. But there was something about him going that was just unfair to this universe, um, not the Walking Dead universe, but just from June's point of view to the, this universe that we all are existing in, in this apocalyptic existence and how many people he helped. And it was just so. And. Uh, you know, I think the first thought is, oh, well, kill Dakota because she killed John. But it's like Dakota's a child. And Virginia, that's why that's June's question that turns her around was, did you know what Dakota was capable of and protected her anyway? And the idea of, um, I saved her life once. And we, you know, this death is on her more than it's on Dakota. Because Dakota just thinks this is what you do. No biggie. She even says it, you know? So um, it's kind of like, I think June went to the source of, uh, of it. And it, it, it's instant revenge, but it, like, it just felt like it had to be done to honor John. Like nothing else would honor John. And letting them go would just mean Virginia would never change her ways and Dakota would be the same and it would be an unchanging situation, like nothing would be served. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not gonna come without some complications on the, on the other side of this action, you know? Um, but it did feel really good. <laughs> and as, as scenes like that go, I mean, from John's death and, and your reaction and having to, you know, bring that story full circle, I mean, and then, the way that it came about when, you know, when June ultimately kills Virginia. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's poetic. It's, mm. and, and across the board, um, I, you know, I talked to, uh, to Mikey and to Adam Shushitsky, the DP a couple of weeks ago. And mm -hmm. it, it's very rare that people describe episodes of The Walking Dead as both like horribly sad, but also very beautiful. Mm which is a testament to, you know, to the, the way that everybody brought these episodes to life. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, if, if you have to kill someone, I mean, that it, it, it's a powerful way to do it. And, and just the, the way that it was, that it all came together was just perfect. Yeah. And June's the last person you'd think would just go point blank and take someone out. It's not, it's not normally, I mean, she saved Virginia's life, you know, cause she went, right. oh, there's, you know, originally, because there's more that could be benefited from having this in her back pocket of saving him. But at this point, it's like, um, uh, I don't know, just do not. This is, it's just so not okay. <laughs> John died, you know, with her and that we lost this life, not just for her own selfish, you know, reasons, but just the world lost this beautiful soul. Something has to be done about it. Absolutely. And, you know, so one of the, uh, I had posted that I was going to be talking with you and, and somebody reached out and said, you know, I have a question kind of along those lines, because, you know, everything that, you know, as John started to slip into this, this depression after, you know, losing Janice and, and not being able to, to solve this murder that was weighing so heavily on him and it was just eating away and, and he, it's hard to gauge what John's reaction to June's actions would have been but it also seems you know so so 
the question there is, you know, what do you think John would have done? But then the flip side of that <laughs> is like, you know, as much as, as we're curious about John's reaction to that, it feels like this was, this was something that June had to do. Like June would not have been able to progress beyond this if that hadn't happened. So it, it, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on, on how that all plays out. I think John would have put June in a giant timeout. <laughs> I love it. To just get a hold of herself. Uh, <laughs> because he did, you know, what Morgan says at the entrance there is, you know, no more spilled blood, like enough. Like John didn't want any more people to die. He couldn't take it. There's no more, please. And uh, so, you know, I think it's partially an act of justice, partially an act of passion, partially an act of sanity. Um, but I, I, I think he would have, you know, he had the cheek, couldn't tell me what was going on. He wouldn't, I was trying to get it out of him. He wouldn't tell me. I tried a lot. Yes. Um, um, but, you know, um, I think that there's, you know, we're going to have to see what that, what the consequences of, the, of that action are. We'll how, much do you, how much do you think that this, I mean, obviously losing John is going to cause, uh, you know, a, a big ripple effect for everybody in the group. And then the decision to kill Virginia is obviously a huge, it's huge in so many different ways, you know, from, from killing someone to, um, you know, to killing someone in an act of, of revenge and anger. How Let alone killing affect... someone's mother who just finds yeah. out that it's her mother. Exactly, exactly. Uh -huh. Knowing that she has these, these issues, you know, that she has this, this, this guilt and, and regret from her own experience with her daughter and then now rendering Dakota motherless, even though it was only, you know, a brief revelation. She was only a mother for about five minutes before yeah. she lost her. Um, but, uh, which by the way, <laughs> I described it to somebody. I said, it was kind of like a Mari Povich episode, you know, like all of a sudden, <laughs> no, you are not the mother. <laughs> you are, you are not the sister. You're the mother. It was so just, funny. It was so much fun. But, uh, like what, what does this do to June moving forward? I mean, how does, how does, how does this, because obviously she's walking away, she's wearing the hat, she's taking her hair out of the bun. Like she's, you know, she's changed. How big of a change is this for someone whose whole life has always been about saving people? Where is she now? God, I wish I could answer that for you, but I'd rather save it and have you keep watching because I think that's more fun. Um, well, how about just that in that moment? She's walking away. Mm -hmm. Where is I she think in she's, that moment? She's owning her own point of view. She is owning her position um, of having had an experience and what she considers justice. You know, she was leaving the church, she, that, that chapel, she was walking away. So, but Virginia had to keep talking and trigger uh, a button and then it was just like, uh, enough. 
So I think it, to me, it's June not apologizing, not being beholden and owning something that she needs to do and not asking permission and not asking forgiveness. And what is that going? What's the fallout or benefits from that? And I, I think that that's, um, but I think that's where she is leaving is John has to be honored. His death can't be for naught or under, under exchanged with in terms of cause and effect. And I think that she's owning that and does not want to hear from anybody what they think about that choice because she's owning that. Right. And just kind of in staying in that moment, because I, I know you can't say anything beyond what's, you know, what happens at the end, but it seems to me that the reaction from her friends, which, you know, this is one of the first times they've seen each other together. I mean, nobody's, everybody's been split up and now you're seeing everybody's kind of getting back together. It seems to me like this moment will be received very differently by every member of the group to mm -hmm. some benefit and to some detriment. Is yeah, being with each person. That? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think in that moment, that's what she's considering. I think she considered that the first time by saving Jimmy. She considered right. everybody. She considered the whole thing. And that was her choice. Was the greatest good choice that benefited more than it harmed. Right, right. She and thought. so, so in that respect, though, as you know, but now John's dead. Away, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so in that, in that vein, though, it seems like as she's walking away, you know, if, if, if we could imagine everybody lined up watching her walk away, it seems like a very fair number of, of the group would be cheering for her, really cheering what she did, not, you know, somber cheering because they're still mourning, but, mm -hmm. you know, they, they would be supportive of what she did. Whereas, you know, maybe a few people might say, oh, you know, that, that was a mistake. It, it feels like where everybody is right now, they would actually be very, very happy with that decision maybe even jealous they didn't get to do it themselves. Well, certainly several tried because yeah. they wanted the satisfaction. Right. For the pain and hell uh, that she caused, you know, or control, you know, I think Sherry is just, you know, this woman has caused so much hell for so many people she's known. Strand, I think it's a power, a powerful position for him to be able to, kill her um and i think june's reasons are grounded in the most valid right for taking a life but in terms of everyone's reaction it's it's going to you know there's there's that bigger threat out there that we mention a lot right and so that Ginny had been talking about, you know, that after I saved Ginny's life in episode six, I tell John, there's something bigger, you know, they could use both of us, you know, I think we can be valuable together. It's us. And he just couldn't deal. And he took that fork in the road. Um, uh, so we have some, we have this looming kind of threat ahead of us. So we're going to see 
you know, what that means for June's action, where June is and, and how it affected everyone. And, you know, I think everyone's purpose and reaction to Ginny, let alone being different people with different situations defines their response. Right. Right. Is that big enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, just, I, I think... it's, so, it's so fun moving forward. I don't want to give anything away because I think it's fun to not know, you know? Oh no, that's, that's the best. I, I say that all the time. Like as much as I love getting screeners and, and, you know, they're, they're necessary to have conversations with, you know, with, with the cast and everything. It's, it's hard. I mean, I don't know how oh, you no. do it for months and months. Like I can hardly handle two weeks. Jeez. Yeah, sitting sitting on the the John death since September two thousand nineteen oh. was um, a lot to manage oh emotionally and mentally, uh, and then the pandemic on top of it. So yeah, I'm glad we're through that. But I'm I actually really excited about the story moving forward, and I, I it gets very intense, and um, I think it's just going to be beautiful. The visuals, um, the intensity uh motives and intentions moving forward i think are going to be just really interesting oh yeah yeah i it's in i think it also helps too knowing that season seven is already in the works so you know a lot of people sometimes say you know well you know we don't know if there's going to be a season seven it's like no it's going to keep going so whatever happens here is going to play into season seven and it just makes it all the more exciting knowing that, mm -hmm. it, that this story is just we're just getting started. Yeah, it gets pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, one thing, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, I, when I talked to Andrew and Ian last week, they said that the seeds to Virginia's demise in their minds were planted back in episode 513. And they said that they had had a conversation with you about, uh, you know, Ginny's arrival and uh -huh. you'd had this really visceral, um, Ian said, visceral reaction to, um, you know, to her performances, you know, because it, it's such a, an iconic arrival of a character. <laughs> she just blends yeah. in. Um, but I thought that was so interesting that that was kind of what led them to think that you would be the perfect person to, to do her in. And, you know, and obviously 606 ties into that as well, you know, with the decision to save her. But I was just, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that visceral reaction was back in 513, because it's just, it's intriguing to think that that's what kind of started them thinking in this direction. Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, they're really into, I'm, I'm really invested in the story and the characters and the stories we're telling and being on the show I, I i really love it and um so there's a real investment in my of my heart and soul in this story and there was just something my reaction it, it was like everything Ginny was about is so contrary to our group's modus operandi and what it had been and what our sole purpose and defining quality as a group and what we went through for people and what we were committed to, what she does and how, what her operating basis was and her flippant cavalier arrival and threat of, and, and killing people was just so opposite to everything we were doing. 
as a group. And it just, you know, I'm living as June when that camera is rolling. And it did something to me as June when she arrived and got off her horse and the way she sauntered up. And I just remember during one of the, the, the early takes, I just was like, not on my watch. Like, no. And I just had something occur to me that, it, it just a feeling of um, this, this, this can't be. <laughs> this, this person and everything she is cannot uh, be. And, um, and I, I guess I had mentioned that to them having nothing to do with thinking about killing her in the future by any means. Um, it was just, I had expressed to them what, Colby is so good in this character that it created this effect on me as June um, that was so deep and visceral. And, uh, and yeah, it had come out uh, in a conversation, I guess, and, and that prompted them into that thought process, I suppose. Yeah, it was, it's really interesting. They were, the, it's on the, uh, it's on the podcast from last night. So I talked to Colby mm. and then I talked to, uh, to both of them and so they, they had talked about that and how it, it kind of led, led them to where they are now. And I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> there's a lot of synchronicity when you're committed, you know, and in it and feeling those feelings as the character and instincts and impulses and you know it's kind of crazy actually living as these characters when you do for me anyway um you know the the thoughts and emotions and considerations and decisions and that happen as the character when the camera's rolling when you're living as this character and when they yell cut I go back to Jenna but you know there's always that essence and aroma for lack of a better word of <laughs> June that is in me you know um, because I'm living with the character so much that I, you know, we're very different, but there is that, you know, sliding in and out of her from action to cut when we're filming. It's kind of amazing how, how filled up you can get, uh, in your soul with the thoughts of the character and such. It's really, well, that's why I love being an actor. I guess you get to live many lives playing different characters. Well, that's one of the things I've always loved about chatting with you is just the the authenticity you bring to the role and and um, you know the research you've done and it just it comes through so well and so powerfully and um, so I know I know we, we have to wrap up but I just had one thing because normally you know like I said we don't get to, to really chat and uh, we're always going so fast and, and it's it's going to be such a dark season so I kind of thought maybe we could end on a on a fun note and I have a fun question. Mm -hmm. Jenna question. Um, but I have to I have to set this up because I know that I know that celebrities tend to have really interesting fan encounters. And I'm curious what your if you have any fun, interesting fan encounters that that kind of linger in your mind. And the reason I ask this is because when I said to a friend of mine, name's Dominic, and I said, yeah, I'm gonna be talking with Jenna Elfman. And he said, oh, she has lovely toes. And I said, what? What? <laughs> and he said, yeah, when she was on Dharma and Greg, she never wore shoes and she has beautiful feet and I love her toes. <laughs> and this gave me pause. 
And I thought, you know, I bet that Jenna has some really interesting stories about things that fans have said to her. So that's my that's my setup for the question of do you do you have interesting fan encounters and um, have they gotten weirder over the years, especially as you've gotten into the Walking Dead universe? You know, I'm I'm I I'm so lucky to have just had lovely ones. Um, truly, and what if you know if there's someone's a Dharma fan, they usually come up pre-COVID, want to give me a hug. Um, just because I think Dharma brought joy, so much joy and, and let people laugh and have relief. And they kind of want to like, thank you for that experience. Um, and that's always been lovely. Um, the most unique, I think, experience, and this person, I mentioned him earlier in the podcast who had watched, you know, 609 five times. He had watched Laura, the episode Laura from season four, I think 25 times. Oh my goodness. Um, and you, you probably know him, but his, his name is Thomas O'Mara and he is, um, he has us tattooed on his arms. He's, oh, yes. he's a huge Walking <laughs> Dead fan, but he's also self-proclaimed like the biggest Fear the Walking Dead fan. But I think he's probably given Charity a run for her money, who's Blazy Gardner on Instagram, yes. who's also <laughs> one of my biggest fans and she's so <laughs> lovely. And I got to meet her at a convention and she's just so awesome. But I text with both of them. And, um, you know, Thomas at my first convention that I had ever attended to meet all the fans since becoming a member of the Walking Dead family on fear, um, you know, he, his, his, he's famous for his photo op, um, concept. So he brought Scrabble tiles with FTWD. He has at other conventions dressed up as my character from Can't Hardly Wait in the gold bra and angel wings. <laughs> Um, he got us tattooed on his arm. Um, and I, 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 that to me, I've never met anyone. Uh, there's another fan who had me sign at a convention. He paid for an autograph, but the autograph was to go on his bicep or his like arm, upper arm. And I was like, be careful. It's a Sharpie. You know, this is going to take a while to wash off. Are you sure you want me to sign this on your skin? He said, oh, no, I'm having it tattooed. I definitely want you to sign it with a Sharpie because I'm going to go have it tattooed. Oh I was like, God. oh, my God, really? <laughs> so my signature is tattooed on his arm. Um, so I think that has just been the most. And it's also just what I love about the Walking Dead family is the passion. I, I They're so lovely and so um, passionate about the stories and the characters. And I, I just admire it. Like, I, I think it's, um, and because it's fun, obviously I enjoy talking about the characters and the show and the story, and they're just as passionate as you are, um, you know, and it's an enjoyable conversation to have talking about these characters. So I haven't had like weird, I mean, you know, there's comments on Instagram. I've gotten like feet comments, which I just, I never understand because I think my feet are so, ridiculously odd looking and I was a ballet dancer like my whole life so I don't find anything attractive about my feet but um <laughs> but to me it's the loveliness of the passion of the fandom and the kindness of the fandom um that has been my experience and I'm grateful for the res they're respectful but they're passionate and and I just love that oh absolutely absolutely I love that too and um, yeah. yeah, this is, Jenna, it's always been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure every time we talk, but this has just been so much fun. And I hope we get to do it again because this is, it's just so much fun being able to, to 
talk Fear the Walking Dead with you. And especially after this episode, this is like therapy. So I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I understand. It's, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a big, big season. And I think, um, you know, we've invested season four and five into the benevolence of our heroes. And now we're going to see them challenged. And, and I just think that it's exciting and it's fun to do. And, you know, just that as actors, we're, we're artists, everyone, everyone, everyone on Fear the Walking Dead, the crew are artists telling a story and doing make-believe, but in a way that hits our soul. And it is such an honor to be part of this group of storytellers. Um, and I love that, you know, and I appreciate everyone going on the storytelling adventure with us. Oh, well, thank you for having us along and thank you just for the amazing work and, and, and I uh, can't wait to see what this, I can't see, wait to see what happens, even if, though it's probably gonna be painful and hard to watch, I know it's gonna be great. Yeah, just hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for having me on. And thank you, everyone listening. Um, you're all just so awesome and supportive and lovely. And I just want to thank you for, for continuing to engage with us. And, and, and thank you for being so sweet. All right. Like I said, I really hope you guys enjoyed that. I had fun doing it. And she is always such a pleasure to speak with. And I can't wait to talk with her again. It's, like I said, I've seen episode 610 and it, it doesn't stop. So it's, it's going to keep going. If, if the season keeps up like this, I cannot imagine what it's going to be like when we get to the season finale. So thankfully we don't have to wait too long because I, according to all the commercials, it looks like Fear the Walking Dead season seven is going to be coming later this year. So we don't have to wait too long. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot that comes between now and the season finale that will make whatever the wait is between the season finale and the season premiere almost unbearable. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see how this this all plays out. And I am very excited to um, to talk with the rest of the cast. So hopefully you enjoyed it and can't wait to share all of those inter other interviews with you as they come. So as always, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet that you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And yeah, I think that's it for now. And let's see, can I tease the next episode in terms of our interviews? Not yet. I'm working on a couple of them, so it's going to be a big surprise, but uh, we definitely have interviews, so you'll want to check back and uh, make sure you, if you have any questions... Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. You can also hit us up on at Undead Walking FS. And yeah, thank you so much. And uh, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 